all in. This whole term that comes from uh, poker, and, uh, and it, it happens when a guy just goes all in with everything. And, and we're taking that term and trying to use that to communicate to you that those of us who have been followers of Christ and uh, people of faith, sometimes we're just sort of, sort of messing around and, you know, keeping our, 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 our feet in the water or whatever. And there's a time when we just say, I'm going all in, Lord. I'm going to, my whole life is yours. And uh, for some of us, uh, uh, that happened a long time ago, and maybe sometimes you've got to kind of get back to that. For some, uh, for some, maybe you've never thought about that before. That's kind of where it's coming from. And so today, we're talking about a kind of a sensitive subject. Uh, it is alleged that uh, Freud once said uh, that uh, there's two things you don't talk about, sex and money. And uh, whether that's true or not, I'm not positive that he said that, but the Bible is very clear and talks about both. And uh, so we're talking about money today. Don't get your hopes up. We're talking about money today and um, in, in that regard. And you know, well, the funny thing about money is, well, let me just give you some thoughts. Seneca, the great Roman senator, for many men, the acquisition of wealth does not end their troubles. It only changes them. I, I have had more than once guys in the midst of crisis tell me my problems were much simpler when I was poor. I know that sounds weird. Uh, some of you are thinking, gosh, I'd like to give me some of those problems for a while. But they're real. They're real issues. Um, Socrates, the great Socrates said this, he who is not contented with what he has would not be contented with what he would like to have. That's a pretty good thought when you think about it. That basically tells me that I would be no more content with an iPad 2 than I am with an iPad 1. <laughs> But don't hold me to that, okay? <laughs> um, but it's a, great, it's a great thought when you think about that. Um, this message is about being generous people. Being generous people. And when we talk about being generous people, it's not just about money. That's only one area. It's generous people in terms of, of my gifts and my talents, my abilities, my time, and my money. And everything that I have. So that's the important issue about this. And I want to get, I want to go into in just a moment three basic character three basic things that characterize how generous people give in terms of financially. But before I do, I want to talk about just two just two little foundational not little two foundational truths as it regards generous people. Just some things that that they just understand. And the first one is is what I just call totality. This is something that, this is, they, they're totality. And here's what I mean by that. They, totality means I understand all that I am, all that I have, all of my time, all of my talent, all of my money. Lord, it's yours. All of it. Um, the Apostle Paul addressed that in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He said, he's talking about some believers there who gave to, who were giving to some others. And he said, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift of the belief, for the believers in Jerusalem. Watch this. They even did more than we had hoped. Watch this. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. Don't miss that. The first thing they did was they said, Lord, here's my life. They came to that point in faith where they said, Lord, I believe, you are, I believe you are God, Jesus. I believe you are God. I believe you came and lived and suffered and died and went to the cross for me and died on the cross for me. 
shed your blood and, 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 and your body was broken and then rose again on the third day and you did that for me and I, and I just want to give my life to you. That's what he's saying. Once they did, they did that first. Their giving wasn't out of, well, you got to give, folks, you got to give. It was, I'm giving my life to God and in totality, everything I have is his. Every way he made me, all that he has done, that's, that's, that's all I am. So that's, that's the first part of this. And, and this is the thing we talk about. Um, it, it's basically gift and serving is just responding to the message of grace. That's what it is. And, and it's, it's not about the church. So many times people think it's about the church and giving. It's about you and your relationship with Christ. Second thing about these generous people of which I want to challenge you to become one if you're not. Um, is not only is there totality involved, there's stewardship involved. Stewardship, if you know the word steward, steward, it's a word we throw around. Steward basically means I'm in charge of something that's not mine. Um, if you, many times you'll see this with people. You, if you see, in, in, like, for instance, it's an old movie, and I'm dating myself with the movie, but I loved it because in the movie Ben-Hur, which is just one of the greatest movies of all time, uh, he saves this, this man's life who's a, a famous Ro- or a big Roman um, uh, senator and, and, and soldier and so forth, and, and this man puts, puts him in charge of everything that's his. He was a steward, okay? So that's what we are. We are God's steward, everything we have. Psalm 24 puts it this way. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. We're stewards of, God's, of what God's given us. My talents, my gifts, my money, whatever I am, I'm a steward of it. It's not mine. That's what, that's what Julie was singing in that song. It's not mine. It's, it's God's. It's his. And, and we have to start there. We have to understand that. So, so these people, these generous people, uh, of which either I hope you are or you're going to become one, um, these guys, these people understand totality. They understand stewardship. Now, let me, let me show you this next thing because we're going to just get right into this. So we're talking about these generous people with their time, their gifts, their talents. But again, let's talk about money. Let's just talk about money for a little while here. Um, you know, Billy Graham, Billy Graham said, if a person gets his attitude toward money straight, it will help straighten out almost every other area in his life. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good thought. True, too. These generous people, of which I hope you are one or will become one, three areas that their life, their giving is defined by, three words I'm going to give you. The first one is they give proportionately. They give proportionately. By that I mean they give in proportion to how they have been blessed. The Apostle Paul deals with that in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money that you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and try to collect it all at once. On the first day of each week, put aside a portion of the money that you have earned. You think about this. You don't do it in response to, a, to pressure. You don't do it in response to this. Or, you think through this. Okay, here's what I can do. And, and, and this is this, what I've said, you, know, you can just sit and you, you pray about it, you talk to God, you talk to your, your husband or your wife about it, and you say, okay, and sometimes, sometimes you might have some things come up. And you say, I want to be able to help with this or something possibly that, that I don't know about. In, in the, and, and in the Old Testament, let me just give you a real quick little primer on this, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't. In the Old Testament, 
the percentage that they give us in the Old Testament is somewhere between 10% and 23 and a third percent, depending on which, which biblical scholar you're listening to at the time, all right? Somewhere between 10% of their, of their income and, 20, and 23 and a third percent. Keep in mind, you've got to be careful with that number because if it's, if it's, you know, I think it's probably closer to 23 and a third percent, but you're, you're talking about a whole different economy. You're talking about a, a theocracy where the clergy, for our, in our terms, the clergy ran the country, which I fully support, and it would be much better, and we'd be in much better shape today. Well, it depends on who the clergy are, of course. It, I'm speaking of me. But because um, um, I wouldn't be defining pie. I would be balancing a budget. Anyway, anyway. No. You can tell him I said that. He's not in here right now. Anyway, um, but that was a whole different deal, okay? And it could be argued, well, if it's a minimum, you know, if the minimum was 10% in the Old Testament, and a lot of people historically think in the church that that's a good number to fall on. Um, but, but if that's what the law said, grace probably can do even better. And it's a good way to think about that. So, um, so that, that's just proportionately that you, how you have been blessed on each day of each week. And by the way, in my view of this understanding of this verse, that means, you know, proportionately, you know, you might be able to give, you know, 10%. Uh, at some point, you know, in, in, in the beginning, and then as you grow and as you get more money, you might be able to give, there are some people who can give 20% or 30% or 50%. R.G. Letourneau gave 90%. Now, keep in mind, keep everything in, in, in proportion here. He gave 90% of everything he made. He's a guy that invented a lot of those big earth-moving machines, and he lived on 10%. Now, keep in mind, his 10% is probably more than many of us will see in a lifetime. But, but I mean, it was in proportion, and he was just really desi- wanted, to, wanted to, to, to give back to how he had been blessed. So, the generous people, according to the Bible, give proportionately. You've got to think about that. I can't give you the answer. You've got to figure that out. So they give significantly. They give, they give a significant amount to them, key phrase, and it is significant to them. Let me show you what I mean. Jesus' words, Matthew 6, 21, wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will also be. Okay, so... I'm going to give in proportion to what, what's important to me. I heard a story this week of a guy who, and he had the kind of relationship with this guy he could do. This is kind of scary, actually. And this guy, it was kind of his, not kind of, he was his mentor. And he said, well, I want to see where you're spending your money. Give me your checkbook. The guy handed him his checkbook. So he started going right down, you know, okay, what's this, what's this, what's this, finding out what was important to him. And I'm like, I mean, that would be, you, 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 I wouldn't do that with very many people. Nor, nor, and I'm not necessarily suggesting that. But the point that I'm making is that there's, there's, you can look at your checkbook and see what's significant to you. And, and, and you give significantly as a result. And here's what I mean by giving significantly. Because he says, where your treasure is, your heart and thoughts will also be. That means it's going to take more than just throwing in a, um, a meager amount. For, for, I'll, I'll use a number, and I do this at the risk of offending somebody. But that doesn't usually stop me. Um, that means it is probably more than just throwing in a $20 bill. Now, let me, let me just say this very quickly. There might be some people here, not many, but there might be some people here where that might really be significant. And if that's you, I'm not putting you down, and I'm not judging you. God bless you for that. Because the widow put in two, two, two cents, basically, in the Gospels, and that was all she had. So I'm not putting that down. My point is it needs to be significant, because this is important to you. Because where my, where my treasure is, or my heart is, there's, my, there's where my treasure will be. I've had this discussion probably a dozen times in the last three years with friends of mine on the golf course. 
usually on the golf course, where we'll be talking about, you know, we've been through some tough times here in our area in the last few years, and, and uh, a few times I've had, you know, guys tell me, you know, just being real, just sharing with me as, as their pastor and friend, hey, that's been kind of tough because my salary's been cut in half or 25% or in some cases 75% or, some, you know, in some cases I'm living off my, uh, off my bonus, which is still significant, but I mean, it's, 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 to them it's been, it's been cut significantly. And um, we've had that discussion, and, and I, I, I guarantee about at least, at least four or five times these words, something like these words have been said to me, because we'll be, we'll be playing at a nice golf club somewhere. And, uh, and they'll say, and I'll just kind of look around, and i say, well, it must not be too bad. And, uh, and by the way, I'm thankful for that, because I, I enjoy being here. <laughs> um, and and, and I, four or five times guys have said to me, this is the last to go. You know, this is, this, is, this is too big of a priority. And I'm like, good, <laughs> good. My point is this, and I, by the way, I'm right there with him. My, my, my point is this, though. That's one of, that is the attitude we need to have toward our giving as well. That is the attitude we should have toward our giving. Uh, when things are tough, okay, maybe I can't give as much as I, as I did, but this is still important. And maybe I have to adjust, but this is still important. And that's the issue. Where... My treasure is. That's where, you know, where my heart is, that's where my treasure will be. Where my heart is, that's where my treasure will be. And it's important for us to see that and, and understand that. So we give proportionately, we give significantly, we give cheerfully. Third thing, cheerfully. Key phrase here. You know that it was, this is, this is kind of weird because I've been, in, I've been in church literally, literally all my life since I was two weeks old, I'm told. Don't remember it. Since I was two weeks old, and, um, and my mother didn't believe in nurseries, I'd be, like, I'd be like the little one down here making noise. I'd be, I, was, I was like that, you know. And, uh, and so it's just, you know, that's just part of the deal, although I didn't make too much noise. But anyway, I never heard this in all my years in church. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, I've never heard. You don't have to leave. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, there was my mom about, about 60 years ago. There was my mom. Uh, anyway. Um, I never heard this verse until, I mean, I, maybe I heard it. Clay, my friend Clay says, I probably heard it, but I didn't listen because he says I don't listen. I don't know where he gets that. But um, I never really learned this verse until I was like my mid-20s when I started studying for the ministry. And I, I just, I, never, I missed this. I totally missed this. And I've been in churches all my life where they talk about give, 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 give. Here it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I miss that, man. Isn't that amazing? It's right there in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, and you'll be blessed and so forth and so forth. But God loves a person who gives cheerfully. That means there's not to be guilt, not to give grudgingly, not to give, oh, man. There's rich talking about money. No, I mean, I may not present it in the right way. That's my problem. But the issue here has to do with being being cheerful about, hey, I want to give to this because I believe in this so much. Um, Julian of Norwich. Oh, gosh. Circa 9th, 10th century. A cheerful giver does not count the cost of what he gives. His heart is set on pleasing and cheering him to whom the gift is given. 
That's what we're to do. I'm happy. Now, listen, and let's be really blunt here because there's some times when you give, and, and I've done this a couple times, and I'm not, I'm not proud to admit this, but I'm going to admit this. Um, there have been a few times at the end of the year when I look at what we've given, and, I'm, and, I, and I have the thought, gee, you know, you know what I could have done with that money? And then immediately I stop and I think, wait a minute, look at what that money was used for. Look how important that really is. And you've got to kind of get refocused, and that's important. So, so it's an important issue with that. And, uh, you know, we all have, we're all human and we have those thoughts sometimes, but we have to get refocused. And I've, I've had the same thing, so I, I understand that, how that works. In fairness, you know, there's, there's, four, there's three or four things why people don't give cheerfully sometimes. Let me just, I'll just, you know, there's, there's three or four things. One is you don't care. You don't care about God. You don't care about church. I hope that's not you. If it is, I hope that you'll think about that. And, re- and I, think the fir- I hope the first thing you will do is stop and think. And you say, you know what? I, I, I want to get my life with God straightened out first. That's the most important thing before you ever give a nickel to anything here or anywhere else in, in terms of related to God. That's the most important thing is where your own life is with Christ by far. And if, if you're in that situation and you don't care, I would say, please don't give. Not here because that's just not the reason to give. Uh, another reason sometimes that we don't give is our, ch- our church stinks. Sometimes it's, it's just boring and it's not, it's not, it's not engaging. It just stinks. And, and I, you know what? I, I'm going to say this. I, I, first of all, I, I really work hard. I don't want church to stink because um, I've been in some stinky churches in my life, and, and you have too. And it's just, you know, I always say this to people. I say, well, I went to church and it's boring. Church is not boring. Talk of God is not boring. People are boring, but God's not and truth is not. And don't ever forget that. But I want, to tell you, I want to tell you something. Sometimes, even if church, if your particular church stinks, I'm not necessarily thinking that's a reason not to give. Well, maybe you need to ask people to change, or maybe you need to find a new church, but I'm not necessarily thinking that's a reason not to give. Sometimes people don't give just because they're selfish pigs, right? Just kind of they're just selfish pigs. And if that's you, you need to really ask God to do a work in your heart and keep you from being selfish and to get you to recognize that's not your money anyway, for goodness sakes, you know? And, and, and the other times, sometimes people just haven't been challenged. And maybe that's what I'm doing today in your life, just challenging you, to get you to think and, and pray and, and think through this a little more. So, so these generous people give proportionately, they give, they, they give significantly, and they give cheerfully. And, and that's the issue. We've got to stop and we've got to realize that and, and get through that and understand it's not mine. It's not mine anyway. It's all God's. We, uh, we, we tried desperately through our kids' lives to teach them that what we had was God's anyway, everything. And I remember when we uh, left Birmingham, Alabama, I've told this story before, so if you, if you heard this, just uh, you can take a little nap. But um, you got about two minutes. But, um, um, but we were moving from Birmingham to Vail to start the church in Colorado, and, and, and uh, we did the, the poor man's way, the only way we could do at the time, which was U-hauling it. And, and uh, I was driving the truck well, well, well ahead of Charlene and the kids, and um, you need to understand the dynamics at that time of Birmingham, Alabama, which was uh, Wallace had just left being governor. George Wallace was governor down there for, um, I think, about 100 years. I can't remember exactly. But, but, and, he, and, and, the state, and the county that I lived in, Birmingham, Jefferson County, never voted for Wallace, ever. They hated him. And, um, and I was, count me among those guys. And, uh, this, and so as a result, he punished us because every highway, every superhighway ended at the Jefferson County line. 
He just stopped the highway funding right there. Boom. So we had, I mean, and he, at that time you could do that. And everybody knew it. That's just how it was. So I'm driving out of Birmingham and all the roads are in. I just get out of the county and then the roads going from that one transition, I flipped over the truck. Okay. And, uh, and, and flipped the thing on the side. And then, and I was fine, but you know, all of our worldly possessions are kind of strewn throughout this, uh, along this way here. And here comes Charlene with the kids. You know, just, you know, singing, you know, happier we in Jesus or something. I don't know what they were doing, but, but, <laughs> but uh, coming along and, and, uh, and we had taught, we had, the church had given this really cool antique uh, as a going away present, an antique chair. And we, it was very valuable. And we were very thankful for it. And we told Stephanie was three at the time. And we just kept telling her, well, this is all God's, you know, before any of this happened. And we talked about our chair and said, that's God's chair, you know. And uh, so here's Stephanie, three years old, and, and she's seeing her stuff, and she says, Mommy, there's God's chair out there, you know? <laughs> and, and I guess it worked, you know? I mean, they understood that. We, we all got it all put back together, and it's just one of those stories now you laugh about, but you weren't then. But the whole concept, it's not ours. It's not ours. None of it's ours. And we have to get that in our brain, all right? It's all God's, and, and that's why we can give proportionately, we can give significantly, and we can give cheerfully. Because it's not mine anyway. And, and nor my gifts or my talents, which, which it took to earn them. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to, show, I'm going to play a video. And um, we made this. I, I, you don't see me in the video. I'm, I'm asking the questions. But um, it's a friend of mine who doesn't like being in the spotlight. Some of you will recognize him. I had to use all my persuasive powers to talk him into doing this. Uh, there are others here in the church that I could have... Uh, I could have had do this, and they practice the same principles. I just chose one, um, not to be held up and to be praised for doing something they should be doing anyway, but just because I wanted you to hear from somebody besides clergy, I, I ascribed everything he's going to say, but, um, uh, but I wanted you to hear from somebody besides clergy about how this thing works, and I wanted you to, to, to just be inspired by that as well. So just take a, take a listen and watch. In terms of giving, I think giving is a bit of a misunderstood concept. I, I think of it not as voluntarily uh, surrendering something that's mine. Uh, I think we recognize it's all God's, and he's entrusted it to us to be stewards over it, to use it um, to glorify him and to further his cause and his mission uh, as best as we can tell. And so um, when I think of giving, it's, it's just giving a portion, a tiny portion of what God has given to us, which is everything, in appreciation uh, for who God is and what he's done, and in order to, uh, to be able to participate in, in God's plan of helping people uh, come to know him as Lord and Savior. We got married right after graduating from college, and so we went to graduate school together. And from the time we were starving graduate students until today, we've always um, had a, a rough framework of giving at least 10% of our gross income to the church, to our local church, and earmarking another 5% plus for other good causes, whether it's special offerings at church for missionaries who are in need or whether it's family or friends or other organizations that uh, we become personally um, supportive of. That's how we thought about it. Now, over the years, um, that has varied. It is it has been as little, as I said, as 15%. It's gone as high as 30 or 40% sometimes. We don't give because we expect blessing. We give out of obedience, and we give out of appreciation and thankfulness to God and to honor God. Um, 
I think it is wonderful that sometimes as a result of that, God blesses us. But we don't give in order to get a blessing. I think that's a backwards and a selfish approach to take uh, to giving. Uh, I would say that in, in bad times and good times, as Nancy and I have given, uh, we've never been in need or want. And I tell you, lots of our friends think about giving the exact same way we do and, and, and give accordingly. And uh, God has always taken care of them. And I think of some, some good friends of ours who have been missionaries in Africa for 20 years who live on very little, and yet we know they actually give a portion of what they have to live on to some of their tribal people that they minister to so that those people can go to seminary. The joy that we experience when we give, I think, comes from a knowledge that what's happening is we're helping people find God. Um, We're completely convinced that the greatest need that each of us has is to to come to know God as Lord and Savior. I think we need to recognize that we're here on, on the earth for a purpose and God places us where we are to accomplish his will, not to uh, achieve a certain lifestyle, and that um, we've got to get our priorities straight. My goal is that you'll be challenged by that, um, and not, you know, try to compare yourselves. Um, listen, you know, and some of you are like, well, you know, I can't do that, or I can't, you know what, start where you are. This is not about the church. Can I tell you a secret about the church? Took me, it took me uh, 35 plus years in, in church ministry. Can I tell you a big secret? It took me all those years. I'll, I'll share it with you. It won't cost you anything extra. Um, if there is the word church attached to the organization, there will always be need. Period. Okay? Always be need. That doesn't, that's not the point here. The point here is, is it's about you and your relationship with Christ and your own journey of faith. And you figure out what you can do and, and how you're going to be healthy. See, here's the issue. And this is something that, 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 that's really bothered me because, uh, you know, there's, I don't like talking about money that much. And I've been challenged more recently uh, to think through this because here's the thing. When I go to my doctor and he, I do my annual checkup, he doesn't say to me, Rich, I'm going to look over everything except your heart. Or I'm going to look over everything except your, your, your PSA or whatever. I'm going to look over everything except this. He says, we're going to do a total checkup here to make sure you're okay everywhere. Well, it's just, as, as, as one of your pastors, uh, let me just say, this is important for you. It doesn't matter where the church is. That's, not, that's, 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 that's irrelevant. What's important is your relationship with Christ and your own journey and your own walk of faith and, and, and what's happening. And this is a healthy part of that. That's why you need to think about it. You need to struggle with it. You need to pray about it. You need to talk to your mate about it and, and, and try to figure out where, you, where you're going to come out with that. That's the issue here, and it's important. Um, the Bible tells us, First Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their not to put their hope, their trust in wealth, which is uncertain. Really, we didn't know that, did we? Oh, eight. Uh, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be here it is again to be generous. Proverbs says, the generous prosper and are satisfied. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Listen, this isn't a charity. I mean, we're a 5013C, B or A or whatever it is. And, and you know, we, we do that because 
you, you know, Donald Gray Barnhouse used to say, it's a sin to pay one penny less tax than what you owe. It's a sin to pay one penny more tax than what you owe. So we want to provide for your tax deduction. If I, but we're, we're not a charity. It's not just because you get a tax write-off. It's, it, 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 well, it's a cool place. Sometimes we're cool, sometimes we're not. That's irrelevant as well. It's not about need. This is about you. And giving to God, really, the tool that he uses is the local church. And it's giving to God because of the, of the grace, the redemption, the forgiveness that he has shown and given to you and how he has blessed you. It's giving back. That's what it is. Now, and I've I got to say this. If you're here and you've never really stepped over that, that line of faith, well, none of this applies. Don't give a dime. You need to think about your own relationship with Christ. That's far more important than what we're talking about here in terms of your own particular situation. But for those of us who are people of faith, this is about our relationship with Christ and being healthy. And we need to stop and think about that. I need to be a generous people with my time, with my gifts and abilities, and my money, the total package. May God give me that ability as I strive to do that. Let's pray together. Lord God, wow, these are important things that we can never, ever think about enough or pray about enough. Give us wisdom as we all seek to do that, Lord. Give us wisdom. I pray for each person that we would be thoughtful and prayerful and accountable to to each other as we seek to be the people that you want us to be. We thank you now and pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.